That is like my wife on steroids every day. Yeah, so we thank God for the moms, uh, even the moms that didn't make it today. But, man, it's, it's an awesome thing. And I think Pastor Rick so, put it so eloquently that all life comes to the womb of a woman, right? So, man, what an amazing thing and an awesome thing. And uh, my wife's not in here, but I, I thank God for her. She's, uh, she's an amazing mother. And there's not a week that goes by, I don't look at her and tell her, I'm so glad that I married you. And uh, Levi looks at me and reminds me, did you tell mom this week? I said, way ahead of you, man. I told her that I'm so glad that I married her. Uh, and uh, she's amazing. And, and all the moms out there, what a, what a tough job to be a mom, right? But uh, you are anointed for the task. <laughs> you are anointed for the task. God help us, fathers. God help us. Um, but we're so glad and happy Mother's Day to everyone. We're so glad that you didn't think it robbery today to come out and fellowship with us on your day. Amen. On your day to really help celebrate this uh, awesome Mother's Day. So we're excited about what God is doing at Ruach City Church. And how many people are glad about what God is doing in your life? Come on, you're glad about what he's doing. Great things are happening in your life. And we thank God. Give Pastor Rick a great big God bless you. Always doing an awesome job. And uh, I don't know where RCC would be if Pastor Rick was not here and around. So we're so thankful for him. And uh, we know that God has some amazing, amazing things for his life. Amen. So I want to, as he said, we're going to, in a moment, jump into this conclusion of uh, growth. We've been talking about growth and maturity in God. But I want you, in the month of June, we're going to be doing just a quick preview of the series we're going to be doing in June called Guardrails. No one needs one until they do. We're going to be talking about God reels, and this is, this is really, I'm excited about this series, I have to tell you. It's going to be really, really, really good, and that's going to be uh, in the month of June. It's going to be a good one. Look at somebody and say, you don't want to miss this one. Tell them you don't want to miss God rails. We never think about God rails when you're just driving, but how many people know God rails play an important role on the road? They're really important. So we're going to talk about those God rails in our lives and how they play an important role. So, uh, again, uh, Pastor Rick made some awesome, and I'm excited about this baptism. That's the only one I want to kind of reiterate, that baptism. If you have not been baptized before, and you want to get dunked and say, yes, I am rededicating, I'm reproclaiming, whatever it is, uh, this is, we did, I think we've done one baptism since we've been here in this building at RCC, uh, but this is going to be our second baptism, and so if you want to get dunked, this is the going to be the perfect place for us to put you under, right, and and let the Lord really do his thing. So we're excited about that, and uh, that's going to be an awesome thing. So that's going to be in the month of June as well. It's going to be a good month in June. Amen? Amen. So I, I want to I wanna complete this, this series that we've been talking about uh, on growing in God and maturing in your walk with God. How many people believe it's important to mature in God, right? It's so important to mature in God. Uh, and last week, we went over some what I deem to be some really important notes. Uh, we looked at, the first week we looked at the stages of growth, right? Uh, and then last week we looked at the four laws of growth. How many people remember that last week? Now, if you were here last week, uh, hopefully you got, you know, last week it was, was <laughs> we had, it was raining last week, and we had a uh, marathon going on Broad Street last week. So it was one of those weeks. So 
I sent everybody that came out last week a Starbucks card. I hope you got it. It was uh, in the mail. I hope you got it, your, your Starbucks card because, you know, you, you really pressed to come out last week. Uh, it was one of those weeks where, like, if you came to church, you really was, like, serious. You're like, you're like God, it's really about me and you, you and I. So uh, thank you so much for pressing out. I hope you got that. Um, so your next latte was on me, all right? Um, but we looked at the four stages, and then we looked at the four laws of growth, which was really important. So we looked at what the law of intentionality, right, that all growth is, must be intentional. Then we looked at the law of the mirror, right, which talked about that you must see value in yourself before you can add value to yourself. That's important, right? You must see value in yourself before you can add value to yourself. Uh, then we looked at the law of modeling, which stated that uh, you can't measure yourself by yourself, right? That's important, that everyone needs a model, that everyone has to have what we call mentors. And we looked at scripture where uh, Paul said this, and I love this scripture. He said uh, in the book of uh, Corinthians, he said, pattern yourself after me, follow my example as I imitate and follow Christ, right? So Paul was telling his disciples, hey, let me be your model as I make Christ my model, right? Let me be your model as I make Christ my model. How many people have mentors? You need mentors. Whatever industry you're going to go in, you need mentors. Spiritually, you need mentors. You need people uh, that can show and model the way in every area that you want to be successful. Does that make sense to you? Right? In every area that you want to be successful. So the law of the modeling is really uh, an important law of growth. I mean, that's one that I take very, very serious. Uh, and again, Paul said this very, I think, eloquently. He put it better than anybody. Pattern yourself, he said, after me. Follow my example. That's what a model does. And it saves you time and it saves you pain. You may want to write those two things down, right? Uh, uh, mentors save you time and they save you pain, a lot of pain. Um, and then the last one we looked at last week was the law of contribution, which states growing yourself enables you to grow others, right? Growing yourself enables you to grow others, that you can't grow someone else past where you are, right? You can't grow someone past where you are. So you need to at least be, you can't be a contributor to someone unless you contribute uh, to yourself. All right? Make sense? Okay. And this scripture, I, I love this. We left off last week with this uh, quote by Jimmy Carter. How many people know who Jimmy Carter is? Right? Former President Jimmy Carter. Uh, I have one life and one chance to make it count for something. My faith demands that I do whatever I can that I do whatever I can, wherever I am, whenever I can, for as long as I can, with whatever I have to try to make a difference. Right? That, that's what God calls us to do. And I think that's a great quote. If you don't know, Jimmy Carter is a born-again believer. I mean, like, really hardcore believer. And so that's an awesome thing. All right, so this today we're going to look at the, um, I'm going to conclude this. But I want you, if you didn't get this statement, take a picture of this statement for me. Your spiritual growth should be a top priority in your life, right? Your spiritual growth should be a top priority in your life. Now, I get, I get no more joy than being here helping you grow. This is, this is where I get excited. You know, it's funny. I went to London a couple of weeks ago, and I had uh, somebody that was in London ask me to mentor them. And I just, you know, I'm very careful when people ask me to mentor them. Because I take that very, very serious. And I told him, I got to pray about it. So let me pray about it and I'll get back to you. Um, but here it is. You get me live and in person every Sunday. I mean, that, I mean, isn't that some good stuff? You don't, you don't have to get on a plane. You don't have to go to London. You're live and in person, right? So, so I'm going to give you everything I can. 
Um, and I want you to take everything that I'm giving you to make it happen. So the last part of this, the last part of this growth series, thank you, Pastor Rick, is the, and I want you to write this down, I'll take a picture, whatever's easier, the three C's of growth. Now, if you apply these things that I'm giving you, your life is going to exponentially grow. Exponentially, it's going to grow, right? But you have to implement. Uh, medication is only as good as it is taken, right? Not as it is prescribed, as it is taken. Because people can prescribe medicine for you all day, but if you don't take what's being given to you, what happens? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing, right? But you have to use what's being given to you. So after we have sung and we've shouted and we've jumped and we've ran, that's all great. But if you don't apply the word of God, it does nothing, right? Having the Bible sit on your table, you know, we all grew up with the big Bible sitting on our coffee table. Did you have one of those growing up? Or your grandparents, somebody had that, right? The big old Bible sitting on your, uh, your night table or the, the, the coffee table in the living room. And it looked pretty and collected dust, but I don't remember anybody ever opening. <laughs> Come on, I'm almost there. Come on. I don't remember anybody ever opening that Bible and saying, let's look, let's look at this together, right? It was, I, I don't know, I think they think just having a Bible in the house protected the house. I don't know. But maybe that's just what it was. But um, we know that wasn't the truth, right? So the four C's. Let's look at the four C's of, of growth. Now, I, 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 want, I want to make this quick distinction. This is important. The four stages versus the laws versus the four laws. First, we look at the four stages, then we look at the four laws. And I want you to write this down, that laws govern the stages, right? That the laws govern the stages. So that's important that you understand that even though you go through stages of growth, that each stage has laws that govern that growth. And that's important for you to understand that, okay? Um, so the first C of growth is... Commitment. Somebody say commitment. Now, this is a big one, right? Everybody's scared of this word commitment. What a scary word. Commitment. And if you've ever thought about growth and growing in something, every really growth or every decision to grow starts off with a commitment. Every decision to grow starts off with a commitment. And you heard me say that before, that the law of intentionality says that growth does not just happen. Growth has to happen on purpose. Right? It has to be intentional. Watch. So because it happens that you have to make a commitment. And people are scared of commitments. Look at your neighbors. Are you scared of commitments? People are scared of commitments. You know, somebody asks you to do something, I'll get back to you. I'll try. <laughs> you know, no, no, no one says, I am there. Yes, I will do it, right? People today are scared of commitment. Trust me, I'm a pastor that planted a church in a city I didn't know no one. Trust me, people are scared of commitment. Commitment's a big word, but let's be honest. Commitment is scary. Can we be honest? Commitment is scary because you fear failure with your commitment. You fear failure with your commitment, but you cannot grow unless you first make a commitment. That makes sense to you? You can't grow unless you first make a commitment. Uh, I looked up the definition of commitment. I know you say, I know what it is, but listen to this. You don't know what it is. Watch this. I know I, I feel your spirit around. I already know what commitment is, Pastor. No, you don't. Watch this. Here's some great definitions of what commitment is. It's going to bless you. Number one is to express. Commitment means to express. Now, that shocked me. I didn't expect to see that. This is the unabridged definition of commitment, to express. That means commitment shows people what's important to you. Oh. When I commit, I am expressing what's important to me. When I don't commit, I'm expressing what's important to me. 
I knew you get quiet in that part. I was ready for you right there. Right? When I commit, I'm expressing what's important to me. When I don't commit, I'm expressing what's important to me. Right? I am committed to my wife because she is extremely important to me. She was worthy of a commitment. That makes sense. Right? Commitment is a way that you express what is important to you. And so sometimes when we sit down and we look, you have to reprioritize your commitments because we have the wrong thing at the top and what should be at the top is at the bottom and what should be at the bottom is at the top. And yeah, it's all over the place, right? Because our commitment, so this week I want you to work on this. I want you to look at what is your priorities and what you have committed to, right? Getting a paycheck on Friday is important to you. (laughs) So you have committed to getting up and going to work. Why? Because what? Commitment is an expression. That's how you express yourself. The second definition, which I found very interesting, was to entrust for safekeeping. Commitment means, and this is not a spiritual dictionary. This is a natural, unabridged meaning, right? That commitment means to entrust for safekeeping. So if I commit to something, I am entrusting what I am committing to safekeeping. Does that make sense? So my wife committed to me. She committed, she left her father and came over to me and trusted that I would do my job and keep her safe. Come on, you got to see this. Commitment is entrusting for safekeeping. Look at this scripture here in the book of Psalms. It says, Psalms 30, 75, commit your way to the Lord. There is a scripture for that. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. So when you say, I'm going to commit to God, I am giving my life to you for safekeeping. And when God asks you to commit, he's giving you something for safekeeping. Oh, come on, church. Right? Yeah, yeah, I'm committing my life to God. Yeah, I'm giving it to him for safekeeping. But then there's times where God asks me to commit because there's something that he wants me to keep safe for him. When you commit to the word of God, he's saying, keep my word safe in the earth. Preserve my word in the earth. I'm giving you my word. My word have I given unto you. You've hid in your heart that you may not sin against God. Why have you hid it in your heart so it can be there for safekeeping? So commitment is a good word, but you cannot grow without making commitment. And then the last definition, you ready for the last definition? You're going to like this one. This is true. I didn't make this up. You can go home and look at it yourself. The commitment, the last definition is to send into battle. I thought that was kind of weird. To sin into battle. And then I thought about the commitments that I have. And sometimes commitments or keeping your commitment is a battle. I'm the only one, right? Okay, it's just me. I, I am the only one. Man, sometimes I war to keep commitments. Th- th- thank you, Kevin. Thank you so much. Right? It's not always to be committed. But you have to understand, if I commit it, it's going to be a battle. And if you understand that, then it's not foreign to you when you enter that battle to keep your commitment. Because I can't grow unless I first commit. So there's three things that we talk about what commitment is. The first C of growth, it means to express, I commit to what's important to me. Number two is to entrust for safekeeping. And number three is to send into battle. 
And sometimes God will ask you to commit to something because he's sending you into battle. Oh. I'm, I'm so glad y'all here because, I mean, somebody's here clapping, saying something. Right? But some people don't want to commit because they don't want the battle of a commitment. And there's certain growth that can only come out of a battle. <laughs> Sometimes you got to battle to grow. you got to battle. Everything that you want to grow in is not just going to be handed down to you. There's some growth that co requires commitment, and commitment requires a battle. It was last Sunday. I'm going to tell you, last Sunday we came in, it was raining. I, we could not get across Broad Street to go to the, um, uh, to the storage place. And it was like, well, maybe we should just go upstairs, or maybe we should just cancel. I said, no, we are committed. This is a battle. I said, we're going to get what we can get, do what we can do, and it was good. God did his thing, right? But what? Sometimes your commitment will be tested. And when you break commitment, you are losing the battle. <sighs> I'm glad that Jesus was committed to me. Come on. That he was committed to me. I'm glad he was committed to you. Aren't you glad that he was committed to you? Commitment is the first sea of growth. You must be committed. The scariness of a commitment introduces the second sea of growth. And I love this, which is courage. <laughs> courage. And I know we think of courage as this awesome word. Courage. You know, you're... <laughs> You know, I, 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 I'm very courageous. You know, courage always sounds like you have an S on your chest when you say courage. Like your voice should be deep when you, <laughs> when you say the word courage. It just, something should vibrate in the room when you say courage. Something should happen, right? But, but, but if you're honest, courage does not feel good. It does not feel good. Just because you're courageous don't mean that you're excited about what you're courageous about. Yes. Right? It can be scary at times. It will, watch this, it will hold you accountable, courage will, and help you fulfill your commitment. Wow. Courage will hold you accountable and help you fulfill your commitment. You commit and then it takes courage to fulfill the commitment. But the question is you can't, what do you have in courage about? You have to have a commitment. Look at this. I love the scripture in Joshua. You've read this before, right? God talks to Joshua, right? He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Man, this is awesome. But Joshua saw Moses do some awesome things, saw him do some amazing things. He says, hey, now he's dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I am giving you, the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon what? I will give to you as I said to Moses. Now, this is a big, tall order. Right, God tells Moses to move thousands of people, millions of people from Egypt into this land that he promised them. Moses dies, and now God talks to Joshua. Joshua's like, I didn't sign up for this. Why do I have to do this? But he talks to him. He says, hey, Joshua, now my servant Moses is dead. And guess what, homeboy? It's going to fall on your lap. Now, Joshua heard Moses go through pure hell with all these people. 
He heard them complain. He heard them murmur. He heard them not want to be committed. They were definitely the opposite of courage. He had all the issue. Now God tells him, hey, what Moses didn't do is your job. That's like me. That's like God telling you, hey, I'm giving, you know, you're going to take over where Pastor Andre left off. You're going to be putting up curtains and doing all the stuff every Sunday. That's all you. You're going to have to preach when everybody looking at you like you're crazy. That's all you, all you. Right? But look what he said here. This is awesome. He says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, Joshua. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Here he tells him, verse 6, be what? Strong and of good courage. Why? Because you're going to have to be committed to what I'm saying, and it's going to take courage to fulfill the commitment. For to this people you shall divide an inheritance, the land which I swore to your fathers to give them. Verse 7, he tells them again, you think you're trying to get a point across? Only be strong and very courageous. First he said, be of good courage. Now he's telling them, now I need you to be very courageous. Right? Because in order to fulfill this commitment, it's going to take courage. Commitments cannot be fulfilled without courage. That you may observe to do all according, what? Courageous that you may. Courageous that you may observe to do. You can't do without being courageous. You don't need a revelation. You don't need a prophecy. You need courage. You don't need anybody else to lay hands on you. You need courage. This week I want you to ask God, give me courage. Give me courage. He says, watch, according to the law of Moses, my servant commanded you, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left hand that you may prosper wherever you go. One, one, one more time, Joshua, verse 9, in case you didn't get it in verse, <laughs> in case you didn't get verse 5 and verse 7, I'm going to give it to you one more time in verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of what? Good courage? I mean, do you think God is trying to tell him something about this assignment and this level of commitment is going to take strength and courage? You can't grow without courage. He says, do not be what? Afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is what? With you wherever you what? Wherever you go. But it's going to take courage. Somebody say courage. courage. Courage doesn't always feel good, but it will hold you accountable and help you fulfill your commitment. I can't tell you how many times that has been so true when it came to courage and needing courage to my commitments, right? It takes courage. The uncomfortableness of courage is the introduction to the third C of growth, which is your capabilities. Somebody say capabilities. Number three, capabilities. Courage, write this down, develops capability. Courage develops capability. Where there was no capability or undeveloped capability, you need courage. That makes sense to you? Right? Joshua's being given this assignment. He doesn't know he has the capability yet. It's undeveloped. It's immature capability. But his obedience to the commitment and courage to carry it out develops his leadership skill. 
man, this is awesome stuff. I mean, you, you look really excited this morning. I'm telling you, your excitement is really driving me nuts. Right? Look at this. Uh, there's, there's several meetings to the word capability, and this is good. You got to catch this. Number one, it is power and ability. Right? So capability means it is the power and ability that is given to you. Right? Number two, it means capacity. Right? So that the capacity had not been developed yet, but as he walks in courage, his capacity is increased. As you are obedient to God, he increases your capacity. Growth increases capacity. I'm going to say that again. Growth increases capacity. No growth limits capacity. Right? So there's some people who have great capacity because they're open to growing. And anybody that's ever grown before knows that you have to be stretched in order to grow. And we don't mind uh, and capacity being increased, but don't stretch me in order to increase my capacity. Come on. God, don't stretch me. Don't, 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 don't increase me so that my capacity to grow. Can't you just, uh, like, just pour it on me and just make room for it? No, no. He says, I have to stretch you in order to grow you. Gosh. Growth does mean stretching. How, does, how do kids get taller? Why? Because there is a stretching. You can't grow and stretch without capacity being increased. Man, I loved it when my kids ate a little bit. Now that they are 15 and 11, I cannot tell you how hard it is to keep food in my house. And if you've ever been shopping, it is expensive. Food costs money, so when I go shopping, I leave the kids at home because I will go from two, three hundred dollars to four, five hundred dollars real quick. Everything goes in there. Why? Because as they grow, their capacity increases. And God is trying to get you to grow so your capacity can increase, so you can do more, so you can be more, so you can go where God's called you to go. Somebody said, Lord, increase my capacity. Oh, you say it like you're scared. Come on, don't be scared. Don't be scared. He's going to stretch you, but say, Lord, thank you, thank you. Increase my. <sighs> Since I moved to Philly, man, my capacity has been increased. My passion, my love, my heart has been increased. Number three, the meaning of capacity, capability, is open to the influence, this is important, or effect of. Capability means open to the influence or effect of. Open to the influence or the effect of. Almost there. Capability, open to the influence or the effect of. All of us have the capability to do, but whoever influences that part of that capability grows that capability into ability. Does that make sense to you? There was a man named Judas. Judas had the capability to betray Jesus. And he allowed himself to allow that capability to grow into an ability by listening to the wrong voice. What voice is trying to grow your capability into ability? Capability, remember, is undeveloped ability. So the question is, who is speaking to the part of you that is undeveloped to develop it into what they want it to do? 
you have to be careful who speaks into your ear. Because we all have, the Bible says the, the heart is wicked. It's, it's mean. It's, it's no good thing could come out of this flesh. So I, I know that you've been washing the blood of Jesus. I know you tongue talking. You speak. You pray eight hours a day. I get it. When you wake up, the sun just begins to shine brighter. Angels begin to sing your name in heaven. I mean, everything just shines. But then there's that part of you that if you don't keep under the blood of Jesus, it can grow to a different ability. Oh, come on, y'all quiet. I'm almost done. Come on. If somebody says the wrong thing to you, come on. What, 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 what was quiet now becomes, begins to get developed. If you, if you get in the wrong influence, that capability will turn to the wrong ability. So who's open to the influence and effect of? The last definition of capability is Abilities, futures that can be used or developed. And it said, last word it said in that, in that definition, potential. Potential. Capability is potential. I love this scripture that kind of really outlines that as we go to this last one. And it says, and the child grew and became strong in spirit. Talking about Jesus. Jesus had to grow. Right? And become strong in spirit. You all have to grow. Filled with wisdom. Why? Because growth increases your capacity. Right? Now, as you, as you grow in God, you should be wiser. Right? Have you ever met an old fool? I, I'm, I'm just saying. Have you ever met anybody like... <laughs> you know, I, I, I remember I, I, <laughs> I, I, met a, I met a young man who was... Uh, this guy, I don't know, he was probably almost in his 50s. And but he, you know, he was in his fifties, lived with his mama, and you know had never been on his own. And I'm talking to him, and he's talking like a twenty-year-old. And after Brother Ben was there, and I, and I said to Brother Ben, I says, "So I was quiet the whole conversation." And Brother Ben is so full of grace. <laughs> I thank God for Brother Ben. And Brother Ben is, you know, talking to this young man. He's talking to him and ministering to him. And I'm not ministering to him because I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed that at 50, you're talking like a 20-year-old. I, I, I just don't understand how you don't grow in wisdom. <laughs> I, I, how do you not expand your mindset? Have you ever met somebody that is one age, but they talk like they're another age? They're not growing, right? And, and anybody that's around me, you have to grow. <laughs> anybody that's working me, you know that you have to grow. I am anointed to help people grow. That is what I do best, right, Rob? I help people grow, but I can't help you grow without first stretching you. Watch this, because what? You should be filled with wisdom, and the grace of God will be upon you. Look at what he said here. He says, now so it was that after three days they found, this is Jesus, they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. Why? Because he was growing. People that are growing like to ask questions. Right? You should be curious as a person that's growing. I get concerned when I say, hey, yeah, any questions you have for me? I'm, I'm, I'm helping people grow, and they have no questions that I know that they're not really growing. Because growth should always cause more curiosity. You both listen. Then you got people who talk too much when they're in the presence of great people. Y'all know I'm telling the truth, right? It's like, dude, shut up. This person knows so much. 
right? You should really be quiet and listen to what they're saying. They have their experience. They know what they're saying, right? You got to be quiet. So you got to know when to talk and when to be quiet when you're growing. Because if you do too much or the other, you won't grow. Sometimes you got to listen, and then sometimes you got to ask questions. But when it's time to be quiet and listen, listen, people that talk too much, just like, you know, okay, shh. I'm trying to help you, but you're talking too much. Right? He says, verse 47, and all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. Right? At his understanding and his answers. So that when they saw him, they were amazed. This is Jesus. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? She's like, dude, you've been gone three days. We had to come all the way back to find out where you were at. Why have you done this? And Jesus looked at them, look, look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Now, that was my mother. I would have had my whole foot across my face. Jesus was like, <laughs> Jesus was like, woman, he goes, <laughs> Why are you looking for me? Like, are you serious? I had to travel three days. For, and I'm wondering, how did you not know he was with you for the, all the days that he, that's a whole other conversation. It took a long time to notice he wasn't with you, but that's a, you know. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? This is 12-year-old Jesus having a conversation because he knew how important that his assignment was, and he couldn't reach, watch this, he could not reach his assignment until he got to a certain level of growth. God will not give you something that cannot accommodate your current capacity. So God, give me, give me, give me. God, increase me, increase me. He says, you don't have the capacity for me to give you what you're asking. I have to grow you more, stretch you more, in order to answer your prayer. We are, God, answer my prayer. He said, I'm trying to answer your prayer. But you keep complaining every time I try to answer your prayer. Because answering your prayer means I have to stretch you in order to increase your capacity to answer the prayer. So that when I answer it, you can manage the answer. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. I'm telling you. You can manage the answer. So be careful what you pray for. Be careful what you ask for. God, I want a five-bedroom house and three bathrooms and five-car garage, and I want this, I want this many acres. Be careful what you ask for. Can you manage the answer? Do you have the growth in order to manage what he answers? Can your anointing manage the answer? Amen, Richie. Thank you. Developed capability, the last one, releases the last C of growth. Here's what I, notice what I said. Developed capability. Developed capability, Rayshawn. Developed capability releases the last C of growth. Now, last C is confidence. Now, notice how we started off with commitment, which is that scary place. The confidence, which feels really good. Right? When you're confident in something, you know what you can do. No one can tell you how to do it. You know, this is, Pastor Rick is, is awesome at what he does in his field. 
right? I, I, if I came and tried to tell him how to do his job, he would start laughing. Like he's, he's smiling already, and I didn't even do anything. But he, he would, and if he came into my world trying to tell me, I'd be like, dude, just, just listen, right? And he would tell me the same thing, right? Why? Because, because when he first got commitment, it's scary, but the process of growth leads you to confidence. That last sea of growth is confidence. And I love this, and I think the scripture, the last scripture we're going to look at, it says, now this, <coughs> excuse me, is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask according to his will, he hears us. This is the confidence we have in him. That if we ask according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we have asked of him. Now, that word confidence is a Greek word, parousia, and it means boldness. So confidence means boldness. But you can't become bold until you've first gone through the process of growth. Right? I can boldly stand up before you because I know what God has called me to do. If I gave somebody else the mic, you'd be shaking in your pants. It doesn't make a difference, right? Because what? what? It's the confidence, the boldness, right? Uh, uh, and I want to bring this home for all four of these seasons in action. And I thought about Peter who walked on water. I think he illustrates perfectly as we close this, these four stages. And, and I wrote this down as that, that when, remember they were on the, Jesus put them in a the boat. He says, I want you to go to the other side. And here it is, Jesus walking on water. Uh, he almost passed them, which is a whole nother conversation. Jesus walking on the water and he almost passed them if they had not made any noise. He's about to walk right by them. That's, that's a cool walk. If I can walk and I almost pass you and I'm walking on water, right? I mean, Jesus is just like chilling, just rolling, and they're in a storm, and then they're, they're all kind of, you know, the water starts to get a little bit crazy. But Jesus is just chilling. He's walking on water. And watch this. And then Peter says, Lord, is that you? If it is you, what did he say? Bid me to come. You ever read that before? Am I the only one that read that? Read that? He says, bid me to come. Watch this. And Peter makes a commitment. The decision to get out of the boat is his commitment. He did not yet get out the boat, but he made the commitment to get out the boat. Right? Didn't do it yet. Commitment starts before the action does. You have to make commitment as a mental thing more than anything. You got to commit here before you can commit the rest of, the rest of your body. Right? Because if you don't get the commitment here, forget about it. You're going to fall apart. Watch this. The decision to get out the boat is his commitment. Getting out the boat is his courage. Everybody else is watching him, but he decides to get out the boat. Now, watch this. I don't, I don't believe that he got out the boat and was like this, and it started walking. No, 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 no. No, I mean, I, I, I mean think about this. The, <laughs> the commitment to get out the boat, right? Hey, bid me to come. I'll come. Commitment. Gets out the boat. You're going to stand there for a minute. <laughs> to make sure this thing is sturdy, right? Uh, that's courage. All his other disciples are standing there looking at him like, this dude's going to sink. No, courage made him get out. Come on. Courage. Capability was taking the first step. He had the ability in him to do it, but he had to be obedient to what God was telling him to do. And then I believe that after he took that first step, he was like, oh, shoot. Watch this. After he took that first step, his ability, now he, had, he began to have confidence. But then he got confident in himself. 
And what does the enemy do? The enemy comes to mess with your boldness. If he can mess with your boldness, then he can mess with your results. He wants you to be not confident. But God says he wants you to be confident. Be confident in who he's called you to be. The enemy comes to cause the storm around you. What happened? The waves, as you close your Bibles, the waves started going. Everything got crazy. Rob, you can come up. And everything started going bananas. Why? Because now the enemy saw, man, this, this dude is confident. And he likes to mess with you when you get confident in who you are in God. As long as you don't know who you are, he don't mind you coming to church. If you don't know the power you got, you can come to church. He don't care. But the minute you start saying, I think I'm going to make this thing work for me. And you start seeing results. Oh, man, you really. You, you start working that word, and you start seeing results in the word. You start seeing your life change. You start saying, I'm going to work this. I'm committed to this. Man, if things start changing, he doesn't want you to. That, that boldness comes. But God wants you to grow. It is the will of God that you what? That you grow. He does not want you to be stagnant or stay still. To grow. So I want you to put your Bibles and I want you to stand to your feet. And God's going to begin to anoint you to grow. Grow. How many people want to grow? You want, you want to grow. You don't want to be stagnant. You don't want to be stuck. But you want to grow. The enemy does not want you to grow. Do you think there were times when Peter had some challenges in his life? There were some challenges that he had that he didn't revert back to this victory of walking on the water. He said, man, if you let me walk on water, I know I'm going through a tough time, but I, I remember when he told me to get out the boat. I, I, I can't tell you that there were certain weeks where I had some just rough times during this process. And, but I remember, and I said, well, he did it for me last time. Have you ever looked back at a past victory to give you current strength? Come on, somebody. Have you ever looked at a past victory in order to give you current strength? So many times I said, well, God, if you, if you did it then, I know you can do it now. If you favored me then, I know that you're favoring me now. I know you're a God, no respected person. I know if you did it then, this could increase my capacity so I can help people become who you call them to be and be ready to receive the answer. So I want you just for a moment, just to worship for a moment. And as we worship, God's going to begin to strengthen your commitment. Extend your courage. Ground your capability into ability. And it's going to release you into boldness. So that when you leave here today, that you will know beyond the shadow of a doubt that God's hand is on your life. And I know sometimes it, it gets worrisome and it gets to be a lot. I mean, it's not always easy, but gro growth takes work. Growth takes 
patience. Growth is settled. You don't always see it happening when it happens, but you look back and you saw that it did happen. Faith allows you to grasp a hold of something that can only be understood looking in reverse. Faith allows you to grasp a hold of something that can only be understood looking in reverse. In other words, I need faith to get through it, but I won't understand it until I get out of it. Until I look back and see, man, that was God. I, I didn't understand that was God then, but man, I can look back at it now and see that God was there all the time. He was right there holding my hand, and that was a God thing. I just needed faith to get through it, but it couldn't be understood until I got out of it. I'm telling you here today that God is going to supernaturally strengthen you today because it is his will that you grow. And I'm telling you that your days and your years of stagnation and no growth are over. That from today forward, you shall grow, you shall grow, you shall grow in wisdom, you shall grow in knowledge, you shall grow in understanding, you shall grow in your gifts, you shall grow in your talents, you shall grow in your ministries. It is God's will that you grow. That you grow. That you grow. those hands up and let's just begin to worship him for a minute. There's nothing that I have need of. There's nothing you haven't done. You made my soul alive. You put your love inside. There's nothing, come on. There's nothing that I have need of. There's nothing you haven't done. You make my soul alive. Come on, let's worship him for a minute. He's going to extend and grow you while you worship. There's nothing that I have need of. There's nothing you haven't done. You make my soul alive. You put your love inside. There's nothing, come on. There's nothing that I have need of. There's nothing you haven't done. You make my soul alive. I've made up my mind I'm never going back I'm never going back I've made up my mind I'm never going back Yes! Come on, I've made up mine at the beginning of a commitment I've made up my I'll never go back. I'll never you call me your own. And you call me your own. I'm never going back. Come on, come on, worship it for me. You call me your own. You call me your own. Never going back. I'll never. I'm never going back. I'm never 
Come on, sing your song for a minute. Sing your song for a minute. we just thank you today. Thank you, Father, for taking us deeper and taking us further. Thank you for taking us deeper and taking us further. Thank you for fresh oil being poured upon us. Thank you for a fresh anointing for this time and this season. We give you praise. We have made up in our minds that we are not going back to where we were. Come on, is anybody making that commitment today? We have made up in our minds that we are not going back. And we give you praise. Listen, those three C's, those four C's are for you. God's going to bring you into a season of new commitment to him. And the gifts and the anointing that has been laying dormant in your life, he says, as you seek him, it's going to come alive. It's going to come alive. And even some of the challenges and the hardships that you've gone through over the last three years, God said he's not going to waste not one second of that. He's going to use all that for his glory. And you are going to be a vessel that he's going to use in this end time, saith the Holy Ghost. Somebody help her to praise the Lord today. Come on, somebody help her to praise the Lord today. Come on, somebody get happy for her. If you get happy for her, he's going to do something for you. Father, we just thank you again that you're just doing something fresh and something new. 
And Father, we just praise you for it. We give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, give three people a high five and say, I'm new, I'm new. today. Thank you for your presence, Jesus. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. We give you glory for your presence. Let your presence water the word as the word went into our hearts like seed goes into the ground. Let your presence water the word as it goes into the ground of our hearts. Let your presence be that water that let the seed settles in the grounds of our hearts today. Hallelujah. Let the presence of the Lord help the word settle into the seeds of our heart, the ground of our heart today. Word settle in the grounds of our heart today. Far away so the enemy, enemy can't get the word, can't get the word, won't be able to get the word. And we thank you for your presence. Just tell the Lord, thank you for your presence. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your presence today. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you for your presence today. Hallelujah. You can have your seats. Thank you for your presence. How many of you feel the presence of the Lord today? Hallelujah. We thank God for his presence. We thank him for his word. Why don't you put your hands together for Pastor Andre for the word today. God is invested in our growth. God is invested in our growth. And what an opportunity and a privilege it is to sit under the word and to know that God is invested in our growth. And not only is he invested, but he's challenging us to grow. He's increasing our capacity to grow. Amen? And that's what the word does. When you receive the word, it's almost like you receive a seed. You know, when you're pregnant, you receive a seed. And what happens? You begin to expand. Your capacity begins to grow. So as we receive the word, it increases and it expands our capacity for more. Amen? Amen. So I'm excited about the word today. I'm just going to read a scripture, Luke 6 and 38. It says, given you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together, to make room 